0: This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the Air.
1: Hello everyone. ho. Selamat datang. Konnichiwa. Hola.
0: 안녕하세요. Assalamualaikum.
1: And Kyora. Connecting Cultures Features is a show by and for the beautiful and diverse multicultural people of Dunedin. Join me every Friday noon for Connecting Cultures Features on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM, podcast on oar.org.nz. Listening to Connecting Cultures Features on RFM. Kia ora, everyone, welcome to Connecting Cultures Features, a show by for and about the multicultural people of Dunedin and New Zealand. So today we have a very good friend of mine, Christine McClay. Um, she's here today to talk about Dunedin Multi Ethnic Council's Chai and Chat and also co founding the Starfish Collective. Kia ora, Christine. Kirstie. Kia ora, Arena. Thank you so much for being here today.
2: Yeah, no worries. My pleasure.
1: Yeah. It's actually been such a long time since we've met. Um I think we saw each other a lot last year um in Chai yes. Chat. Yeah. Um, um, how is that going so far?
2: Yeah, no, it's it's going well. Um I think it's not possible for any one person to come every single week. Mm. So we've kind of rotated it, which has been good for all the women. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chai and Chat is um, under the umbrella of the Dunedin Multi-Ethnic Council and it's a group for women of all ethnicities to um, come together and we often, not always, but we very often have a speaker um, each week so it'll be like focused on um, particular topics. This year we've had lots of interesting women we've had um Olga from the Ukraine um which was um from Ukraine sorry not the Ukraine and um yeah I'm just thinking who else we've had this year some really great speakers anyway and um yeah
1: uh so what is the um what is Chai
2: and Chat for
1: women can you share with us the initiative I
2: think the main idea behind it is to connect women of different cultures, um, say who might be new in Dunedin, um, or like if you're quite well travelled, like particularly during the time of COVID, um, and you really enjoy that international connection with lots of different cultures um, and people, um, that's a way to do it in Dunedin. And also to find out about cultural things that are on um, in Dunedin. Mm. Because there's a lot of, um, well obviously there's a lot of ethnicities in Dunedin, um, but within those there's different cultural groups, like there's a really amazing um, Chinese dance group, um, there's a Samoan group, um, of course with Tangata Whenua there's the Marais and, and everything that goes with that. And so it's like, you know, you can be a global citizen in Dunedin <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and you can um, afford... Those from different cultures, they're, um, you know, sharing their culture and um, learning about other people's cultures. Hmm. Yeah, so I think it's great.
1: <laughs> um, so when
2: do the Chai and Chat events
1: usually happen?
2: Um, so they're every Friday now from 12.45 till
1: 2.30
2: mm. in um, Otago Community House. Mm. The Dunedin the- Community House. Uh, sorry, Dunedin Community House. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this year they're um, in the downstairs room, which I've forgotten the name of. the right. room. I sorry, think it's but... called the Brian Arnold Room. Yes, mm. yes. and um, But we're hoping next year to be back upstairs in, I think it's the McMillan Room,
1: is it? Mm. Yes. Yeah, that's exciting. And um, it's good that, you know, it's taken place at the same time every week. So people know that they they can look forward to that um, yes. event every week.
2: Hmm. Yeah, and sometimes we'll do it somewhere else like we had. Oh, we had um, some people from the Embassy of Ireland um, oh. came and spoke to us when um, New Zealand was playing rugby against Ireland. <laughs>
1: <gasps> that is the perfect um, timing for such events, yeah.
2: Yeah, that, that was really cool. And um, they were just down in Dunedin for a couple of days, but a good friend of mine who I went to school with works in the Embassy of Ireland... Um, So she um, organized that for Chai Chat, which was fantastic. And we had it in the um, Chinese restaurant across the road from Dunedin Community House.
1: Yeah, that's amazing how, you know, you, because you're only volunteering for this, um, for the organization. But um, even to find the guest speakers takes some effort as well from Um, volunteers. Mm.
2: That's why... I was quite honest and said, well, look, I can't commit to finding a guest speaker every week, but if I share that with others, then we can. We also had um, some women who are running for council and running for mayor speaking. Um, I think that was two weeks ago. Mm. We had um, Mandy Mahim Bullock and Sophie Barker. They're both running for mayor. And Chris Hamilton, who's running for council. So they were three really interesting women um And very interesting to hear what they had to say. And um, one of the points one of them made was that people are often apathetic about um, voting for local um, elections. And, um, you know, you don't have to be in this day and age. We've got the technology. You can find out about your candidates in your area, find someone whose views align with what you think you want to see on the city council or who you want the mayor to be. Um, and vote because, you know, there are so many countries around the world where women can't vote or where nobody can vote. Mm. <laughs> so we should exercise that, right, and, um yeah, support our, our city council.
1: I think it's great that the Chai and Chat exists for women to um, get more information about what's happening in the city and what's happening yes. around them, especially if they're new to the country. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so what other try and chat events are happening, like what's happening next week or this week?
2: Um I think it's next week we have Lisa Declerc coming mm-hmm. along and she's talking about a, a recycling um project that which I'm sorry, I've forgotten the name of the project, but um it sounds really interesting.
1: Um but this week I saw that there will be a Zumba.
2: Yes. Yes, and that is um so, I can't attend this week because um, I've got my dad coming in from Australia. But um, I think Yana is running that. Yana's um, one of our very active volunteers, and she's done some great stuff like um, cooking classes. She's a really good um, cook, wow. and she organized for some of the women to go to um, her house. And one of our members, Mariam, um, made an Iranian dish, which was very cool yeah I'm sorry I can't remember the name of the dish either but <laughs> mm. but that's amazing
1: how you know it exists as like a um, group of women who can get together and just learn about each other and feel safe yeah. as well
2: yeah yeah and you can do anything like you know it's up to what the members want really so if they want to do cooking or they want to go out to a restaurant or do Zumba or anything. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, thank you so much for sharing with us about Chai and Chat. I think it's good to be sharing it here with the listeners so they know that you know it exists and it provides
2: a safe space for women who want to. Yes. Um, and there's also, I just want to say, there's also a men's group, Men with Mana. Ah. Um, so if any men want to attend such a group, um, I guess if they get in touch with Dunedin Multi Ethnic Council. And um, Lax, who's the head of the multi Council, um, he can tell them about that group. Yeah, that's
1: great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so part of this interview, I also want us to talk about the Starfish Collective. I remember we had an interview last year, but we didn't have a chance to go into the Starfish Collective. And you are one of the co-founders on that?
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Can you tell us more about it?
2: Um, So, a couple of friends and I, um, so Thira Staff and Ahlam Safar, who is um, a former refugee from Syria, we got together. um, We had heard that um, the community sponsorship for refugee program was starting in New Zealand. And we had been thinking of ways to help um, families who are in crisis and um, wanted to resettle here. And we'd heard that there was such a program in Canada, but at that time there wasn't anything for New Zealand. Um, they did do a pilot of the Community Sponsorship of Refugees program in 2018. And so we found out about that and we thought, oh, okay, if they do that again, it might be a chance for us to help and, and do something. Um, but everything was delayed for a couple of years Um in the pilot, I can't remember how many people they brought, but they um, brought most of them to um, Timaru and Christchurch. And unfortunately, some of them were victims of the mosque attack mm. um, in Christchurch in 2019. So that was obviously very traumatic for the sponsors and the families and everybody involved. Um, and then, of course, um, getting early into 2020, um, we had COVID and um, so this program was put off for a couple of years because of these other events. Yeah. Um, so we're excited that um, we're now starting to do paperwork and working towards bringing some families here. Um, but it's all quite um, new, you know, it's like a learning curve as, as we're doing it and we're doing it um, under the umbrella of host who is an organisation that advises like the little charities like us. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they're guiding us and they've been really excellent actually at guiding us um, on the way. So our hope is to, uh, pardon the pun, was hope. <laughs> yeah. uh, our hope is to bring um, two families um, into New Zealand or to Dunedin here um, in early uh, 2023 and, um, I was a volunteer through Red Cross back in 2017, um, and the family that I volunteered for was um, Hanud and Ra'id. <laughs> they are very sociable people, so through them I got to know um, a lot of the Syrian community and Middle Eastern community here in Dunedin. Um, but through the experience of um, being a volunteer for Red Cross, you know, I think I've got a good idea... Of, of what people need when they come in. Um, like, you know, obviously they're going to need a house and furniture and all that mm-hmm. set up. Um, and then you have to help them out with, like, signing their kids up for school. Um, English language classes, if their English level is low, um, if they want to get a Kiwi driver's licence. You know, there's some programs through Red Cross um they can do that. So it's like connecting with other programs mm. and supports for, for them. Yeah, yeah,
1: because they'd be the most vulnerable people when they arrive because they don't know the uh, ways of going into this country because it's really hard yeah. to resettle into a completely different system.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think also because I've got some personal experience of that, I had five years in Japan um, and then three years in Vietnam. And then one year in the UK, which you might say similar culture in the same language, English, but it still was quite different. Mm. (laughs) Um, So I've been the foreigner and I've had to learn the different languages and I've, you know, been the different person (laughs) in the country, so I know what it's like. And that's that's what motivated me to um, volunteer back in 2017. I think also Vietnam, um, you know, I saw a lot of, the aftermath of war and the effects of war on um, the environment and the psychology of the people and how it takes years to heal from war Um, and also there was a lot of, um, there were a lot of refugees after the Vietnam War and I met some of them in Japan which was how I ended up um, getting involved with Vietnam and getting a job in Vietnam. Mm. Um, So I just sort of thought, yeah, I've got a bit of an angle on that and, and I think, You know, hopefully I can be of some use here, so I did that in 2017 and then when we found out about community sponsorship programme we thought well, yeah we've got some experience um, and and we can help um, by that way but normally if refugees come in by the New Zealand refugee quota, which is 1500 people a year, they usually go to a um, training course through Mangare and that um course in Mangare, I think they stay there for about six weeks. Is really, really good. A really great introduction to New Zealand and to English if they need that um, just for everything. Um instead of just being thrown into the, <laughs> the real community. World. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we are very mindful of um because the ones that come through community sponsorship program don't go through Mangare. So we kind of have to be their mangare for them <laughs> mm. um, and, you know, link with cultural elements and, and community elements that, that are going to be of support to them and not only of support, but um, to understanding, you know, life in New Zealand. Um, yeah and all the different cultures and diversity that, that we have here.
1: Hmm. You're doing such an amazing job, by the way. I think um, oh, we yeah. need women like you who, um, you know, because you've had this experience yourself, so you know you know, this is the right time to step up and help other women who would have been in your shoes when you were in Vietnam and um, Japan, right, and UK, Um I really appreciate the work you do on Starfish Collective. Something I'm really interested in is the story behind the name, um, Starfish.
2: Mm. (laughs) Um, So you might have heard it's kind of like a meme that's going around social media, the Starfish story. Mm. Um, I'm just trying to remember. There was a woman that wrote it years ago, and then there's been versions of it going around on social media. When we came up with the idea for the charity – like initially was, we were saying, like, how can we help somebody? And our starfish charity is not only for helping refugees, it's really for anybody that's in quite extreme circumstances. And if we have ability to support them, we will. But our idea is just to help who we can at the time and help them until they are standing on their own feet and hopefully they might be in a position to help somebody else. And then we go on and help somebody else. So like, like a ripple effect. <laughs> mm. um, and I think a thing is something that unfortunately sometimes stops people helping. And they think, oh, I'm just helping in a small way. I'm not making much difference. It's, it's just the sheer numbers. Like when I did the course for Red Cross, they told us that 99% of um, refugees and displaced people will not find a new permanent home. Um, And these numbers, unfortunately, because when I did it back in 2017, that was, you know, before COVID, um, before some of the global warming stuff that's happened, before um, the military coup in Myanmar, um, before Ukraine. So unfortunately, our world numbers of, of refugees and displaced people are increasing. And the chances statistically of people finding a permanent safe haven are actually quite small. And people mm. can be overwhelmed by that and just say, oh, the world's terrible and do nothing about it. Yeah. Um, but our ethos, and we were inspired by the starfish story, um, is to try and do what we can and help who we can at the time and hope that that will have flow-on effects. Mm. And the idea, I guess, too, is if we can inspire other people to do that and if lots of people did that, then it would have a big effect. But the starfish story is basically um, a little boy was walking along the beach and there were lots of starfish and they were washed up on the sand. Um, And it was a hot day and the tide was going out and the starfish were dehydrating and dying. And further down the beach, the little boy saw an old man. And the old man was bending over, picking up the starfish one by one and throwing them back into the sea. And the little boy went up to the old man and said, what's the point of doing that? Look at this beach. There's millions of starfish washed up on the beach. Most of them are going to die. Why bother? You know, what difference is it going to make? And the old man bent over and picked up one more starfish and threw it back into the water and said it made a difference to that one. Mm. So that's our whole, you know, if you know individual can necessarily save the world or help every person on the planet but if we all do something um you know it might make a diff- big difference to one person and the ripple effects of that um you know it really can go for generations like if you think of the ripple effects of somebody that might not have got asylum in New Zealand as opposed to if they do and what it means for them and their children and future generations um, I think, yeah, we Mm. do our small things. I think it was Mother Teresa said we just do small things with great love and hopefully the ripple effects will go on.
1: (laughs) That is such a beautiful story. I've actually never heard of the starfish story, Um, but, like, it's so beautiful. It's saying, like, don't underestimate
2: the things you do, even in small scales. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's encouraging for people who have the passion for helping but, you know, sometimes get down because they think, what difference am I making? Yeah. Um, you think, well, you know, if we're doing something, it's got to be better than doing nothing. <laughs> exactly.
1: Oh, that's such a beautiful story. And, you know, thank you for inspiring other people as well to um, do what they can in this world, even in, in their own ways. Because, you know, you're helping uh, people in distress, but there are so many other things that people can do um in their own different ways Hmm.
2: yeah and I don't think it matters like I know some people are like oh why why help refugees for example we've got lots of people in poverty in New Zealand for me personally and I guess because I see myself as a global citizen anyway I just think if it's other humans and the environment like That's all interconnected and that is about all of us and that is going to affect all of us. And I think we just do our little bit that we can. And I try to, you know, if I can do something on a local level and help people locally, I will do it. Um, And if I can do it to help somebody that's on the other side of the world, I'll do it. It's just um, you do what you can. Mm. That's amazing, Christine. Thank you so much for
1: sharing us about that. Um, there's also an event at the Araite Uru Marau coming up and the Starfish Collective will be there for fundraising. Can you share with us yes. about the
2: event? Yes, that's correct. Um at Araite Uru Marau on um, Saturday, this Saturday, third of September, um they're having Trash and Treasure Day. Um from everything I've seen, it looks like it's gonna be an amazing event with lots and lots of stalls. I think I think there's gonna be a bouncy castle for kids. <gasps> Sausage sizzle, free food, all sorts of things. Um, Starfish, we're just having a small stall um, to raise money for, you know, we've always got a particular project going um, and we're focusing on selling baking. Um, We've got um, Zian who is um, a former refugee from Iran. She's Kurdish. She's making a lot of baklava, which is a lovely and yummy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we're selling that. And then um, Thera and I are doing like some kiwi kind of baking. Um, and, yeah, we're just going to sell stuff there and be part of the whole um, – Festivities. <laughs> mm,
1: that's so I exciting. Think, and um I think it'd
2: be a great family day too. Like um I'll probably take my kids with me. You know, I'd recommend people bring their family and yeah. just enjoy it. And Araite Uru Marai is um really lovely place and really welcoming. Um they've had some great events there over the years actually.
1: Yeah, I remember going there um for one of the Dunedin Multi Ethnic Council events and I felt so homey there even though it's not my culture but I just feel so safe and they treated me as if like I'm part of their family as well Mm.
2: you see lovely people there too yeah
1: Mm. um so yeah um that's that's exciting that that's happening and with the
2: fundraising what are you fundraising for um well uh we're fundraising initially for the um the families to get we've got some second hand furniture and stuff already in storage um for them. Um unfortunately, as you probably know, the rents have risen a lot everywhere recently. Yeah. So we just thought, you know, to have a set amount for like if there's an issue for them with paying rent or paying bond to secure a house for them, you know, that money will be going um for for those things. Um yeah, and then we've got another project for four individuals that we're trying to help so we're also raising money for them so when we hit our target for the first one which we're just about at then after that the money will go for the next project (laughs) yeah
1: I'm sure there are a lot of projects lining up and you're just you know focusing on one thing at a time
2: yeah that's what we have to do and um as a mum of five with a busy life (laughs) you know if I focused on all of them at once that's why the starfish story is so important to me because if I focused on um too many things at once, you just go crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really inspiring story for people to, people in general, like busy people who want to do lots of things, to just realize that, you know, if you do one thing at a time, you're actually still making a big difference to the world. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, how can people support the Starfish Collective? Do you have like a page?
2: yes we've got a website um it's Um, www.the starfish collective Aotearoa um it's under Weebly so you can look under Weebly too um Mm. we've got contacts on that page um so you can get in touch um we yeah, I'm just thinking how else you when I at the Maroy on Saturday I've got little flyers that I'm going to give out with the starfish story on them so people can see what we're about as mm, well. But beautiful. if anyone's interested, um, you know, they can get in touch with me. Like if, if you want to look up Kirsteen McLay and I'm Kirsteen with two E's, K I R S T E E N, um on Facebook and um P M Me or something. Yeah. Mm. That's great, Christine. Thank you so much for sharing
1: us. Um, there's so much happening. Um, I'm really happy that, you know, um, with COVID and everything, it kind of stopped. But now things are starting to come back up again, and we're we're seeing a lot of like events and like social stuff on Facebook yes. and feeling really good about the world in general <laughs> yes,
2: yes like my daughter's got um her school Anderson's Baseball are doing a school production tonight oh. and our family's so excited it's like the first school production in three years we've yeah. <laughs> been able to go to for the kids yeah um yeah it's really nice and um people coming in from overseas I think exactly. we've got a few international students um coming back now and yeah it's nice we've got that connection going again Yeah, and
1: personally, you're reuniting with your dad after five years. My dad after five years. Crazy, yeah. Um, Yeah,
2: and it's, you know, despite what people say, it's never quite the same if it's FaceTime and and so on. Um, And, you know, I feel like, yeah, it's five years for me, but, you know, some of the um, uh, former refugee families I know, like, some people haven't seen their parents for 10 or 11 years. It's crazy. Um, So I think, you know, I'm. I'm lucky it hasn't been that long, but um, yeah, it's going to be really, really nice to see him in person. Mm. He's going to notice a change in the kids. My yeah. oldest son was only 12 last <gasps> time he saw him, and now he's 17, so that's a big difference. <laughs>
1: yeah. And yeah. were there kids that he's never met
2: yet? Um, no, he's met all of them, mm. um, but our youngest daughter was only two, and wow. now she's seven, so again that's a big age difference a very big difference like from a toddler to a school-aged kid who's reading and writing and
1: yeah yeah uh, <laughs> I- I'm sure you'll have such good times with your dad while he's here and with your family yeah mm-hmm.
2: yeah his wife who is actually originally from Palestine um she hasn't been very well lately so unfortunately she's not able to come home but yeah Mm. it's gonna be my dad's gonna be staying with us so that's good we'll see a lot of him in the time that's amazing (laughs)
1: um thank you so much Christine, for being here today um there's so much things going on and i feel really hopeful for the world you know especially talking to you who's so passionate about this um is there anything else you'd like to share with us um
2: i think we just have to put out hope there like even on my um Facebook like on my story I always put like some quotations or something and I think um those things like I know some people are like oh it's new age and it's silly but I think like you can't force yourself to be happy but I think you can boost yourself and other people or like if you have a few um positive quotations like I notice you have them um and you have like some positive sort of books and things (laughs) quite often on your site um and Personally, I find those things really inspiring or, like, if I'm going into the kitchen and I'm going to do the big, horrible pile of dishes and then I see, like, a really cool quote that I've put up on the wall, like, you know, it just makes you think, okay, the dishes are a pain, but they're part of the process, I just have to do them or
1: whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, it's the small things that make you feel positive, right? Um, yeah, like I really relate to you as well. Like I try to make my social media as positive as possible because you can follow a lot of like nasty news and like bad stuff going on. Yes. Um, but if you choose to follow the right people and they share the right things for you, I think that really helps for your own positivity and just your own mental health as well
2: yeah and Mm. I think accepting that some people for whatever reason are going to be negative
1: Mm.
2: I'm not sure why I don't really understand that Um, but some people are Um, you just have to accept it and be like okay that's them but it's not me carry on yeah true
1: (laughs) (laughs) well it's great talking to you Christine thank you so much for bringing positivity to us today
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me
0: Ang kulimlim Kampanang yayanig Sa bawat nila lang Magigising Ang lupang kulang Sa dilig Ikaw ang magsasabing Kaya kayo Tulad ng isang tanglaw Sa gitna ng bagyo Isikaw mo Sa hangin, Tumindig at magsilbing Liwanang Liwanang in ang ikaw ang sa dilim. Whoa. Whoa. at sa paghamon mo sa agos ng na ating kasaysay Kitna ng bulo Isigaw mo sa hangin Tumindig at magsilbing Piliwanag Piliwanag sa dilim Harapin mo maghiting Ang bagong awit i
1: Everyone, Welcome back to Connecting Cultures Features, a show by for, and about the multicultural people of Dunedin. Um, so we had Christine McClay just now before the break. And she talked about her founding um, the Starfish Collective, a support organization for resettling um, refugees. And we also talked about Dunedin Multi-Ethnic Council's chat Chat, which happens every week on Fridays at um 12:45 to 2:30. I think it's such a good event for women to meet each other and get to know the different cultures and learn about um what's happening in the city. Um so definitely an event for women to um join if they are interested. Um but now, on this part of the show, I'd like to talk about some events coming up. Um, I'm really happy for the events that's happening in the city. Um, it's been such a long time since we haven't had like um, so much events happening because of COVID, sickness, um, so many things happening, but... I'm really excited for what's coming up. So the Aratiru Marai is hosting a Trash and Treasure Day, uh, Market Day. So it's happening this Saturday, 3rd of September from 10 to 2 p.m. So 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. So they are still accepting storeholders. So if you'd like more information, call them at 7919. So that's 034667919. 7919 or you can email a at extra that's X-T-R-A.co.nz. I'm really excited for the trash and treasure market day I think it's been a while since I've been to a like a market event so I'm really excited to go there um, so that's at the Ariteuru Marai this Saturday 3rd September from 10 a.m. So another event that's happening um, is the Refugee and Migrant Services in collaboration with the Dunedin Multi-Ethnic Council and New Zealand Red Cross. They're hosting a former refugee, migrant and Pacific People's engagement session on resettling in New Zealand. So it's an interactive um, meeting, basically, on Wednesday, the 7th of September at 6 p.m., at Haden Theatre, Otago Museum. So for more information, you can view the DMEC Facebook page or the Dunedin Multi-Ethnic Council Facebook. Um, so it's basically a engagements uh, session where um, people would ask what it's like resettling in New Zealand. Are there any things that needs improving? And I'm sure there are. Um, so if you have thoughts and if you'd like to contribute, please do come. Um the next event I'll be sharing is the Dunedin Chinese Senior Association hosting the Chinese Mid Mid Autumn Festival, uh China National Day, and also the 50th anniversary of the establishment of diplomatic relations between China and New Zealand. So there's a lot happening there. Um to so it's all one event. Um, there'll be multicultural performances. They'll start with a, um, kapahaka and such. I think it's such a, vibrant community I'm not sure if you know the Dunedin uh, Senior Chinese Association they're the ones who usually dance at events um, and they wear such beautiful clothing and I'm really excited to see them perform so it's happening on Saturday 10th of September at 1pm so that's like next Saturday at Kavanaugh College Auditorium And the event is funded by the Ministry of Ethnic Communities and supported by the Consulate General of China in Christchurch, Kavanaugh College, and also the Dunedin Multi-Ethnic Council. So there's a lot happening there. On the same day, uh, next Saturday, the Otago University Students Association and Otago University International Students are hosting the International Cultural Expo On the Saturday of 10th September from 10 a.m. So, um, the Chinese um Senior Association events have start at one, but this event starts at 10 a.m. So it's a fun interactive expo like no other. Let OUSA clubs bring the world to you. Each club will have their own shop. Sorry, each club will have their own stall showcasing something special check out all the clubs that will be joining so the clubs that will be joining them is the indonesian community is the students the indian students association the muslim university students the japanese students the malaysian students the vietnamese students the singapore club the thai students the international students so These are all the clubs that will be hosting a stall and it will be very interactive. There will be events, um, entry as a gold coin donation, but they highly encourage people to wear their cultural outfits. So it will be such an an impressive event where people are celebrating each other's cultures. Um, I'm really excited to be there for the events that uh, I mentioned here today. Um, Yeah, so... At the moment, that's all we have uh, for the show. Um, But I'll be playing some music. And I know that a lot of people are enjoying the music part of Connecting Colleges as well. Um, Here's a song that I really enjoy at the moment. It's called After Like by Ivy, a K-pop group. And I think this is my favorite song right now. And I really like just the, the just the vibe of the song um and we'll be right back after
3: the break <laughs>
4: 야, 빨리 설명할 수 없는 이건 사랑일 거야.
1: We're back on connecting cultures features a show by a friend about the multicultural people of Dunedin um, so that was after like by Ivy a Korean girl group um, that I really enjoy and I hope you enjoyed that song as well so Malaysia just had its um, national day Independence Day and um, it was on it was last Wednesday and I feel quite homesick um, usually during during the national days people are uh, during the independence days people are celebrating people are wearing the traditional outfits eating Malaysian food and I am feeling quite homesick being here in New Zealand but I do have plans to return to Malaysia for a bit uh, next year which I'm really excited for. Um, So, for this next part of the show, we'll be playing some Malaysian songs, and I hope you enjoy them. And, oh, also, a shout-out, there is also a new Malaysian restaurant that is open in Queenstown um, by a really good friend, um, Esdira. She has started a Malaysian restaurant in Queenstown, which is which there aren't many, and um, like I'm just really happy that you know it's, it's it exists. Um, so it's called the Komunal, uh, which it, which starts with a K K O M U N A L. So it's a Malaysian, uh, cafe basically, and they have nasi lemak, lekor, And if you've, if you know Malaysian culture, nasi lemak is such an important thing for us. It's. And the national dish and I bring Nasi Lemak to work all the time <laughs> um, so yeah just a shout out to them really just to know just for people to be aware that there's a Malaysian restaurant in Queenstown um, and yeah so enjoy the rest of your day I hope you have a really good time um, in the sun if there is any sun from where you are and yeah we'll be right back um, next week. Kiora. Begitu <laughs>
0: banyak
4: Bertanya. Cintaku bukan di atas kertas Cintaku getaran yang sama Tak perlu dipaksa, tak perlu dicari Karena ku yakin ada jawabnya oh, Andai ku bisa merubah. menunggu jawabnya janji terikat
1: Thanks for listening to Connecting Cultures features on RFM.
0: This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.